Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast. I'm Justin Castle. And I'm Mike Margulies, coming at you still from Chiang Mai, Thailand. I'm here with Kai, uh, my friend as of the last 10 minutes. <laughs> we literally met <laughs> just now in the hostel. As um, Yeah, Kai, say what's up. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank you. And Kai's actually doing multiple favors uh, right now. It, I was talking uh, to you, Justin, about photoshopping a picture for the last episode. And then Kai said, hey, well, uh, yeah. you know, I'm a graphic designer. I can help you do that. That's uh, <laughs> and now awesome. Here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. I figure it's a community spirit when you're in a hostel, you know? And that's, yeah. At that moment, it was, wow, this is the exact kind of person. That's, uh, that's that awesome. I love talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it turns out Kai has an awesome story, too. So. Yeah. So, Kai, where where'd your your story begin? Uh, um... Where, like, where do you hail from, and what got you going on this journey? Uh, I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, was raised there most of my life. Went to boarding school for high school in Switzerland for a couple years. Uh, wow. Ended up going back to Florida, finishing up high school. Then went to uh, Suffolk University. Yeah, and that, that got Studied... Uh, there for four years and then ended up in Los Angeles working at a uh, electronic music company. Awesome. And then and now you're yourself on an indefinite uh, travel. Yeah, um, I decided that once I got laid off work and tried other work opportunities and didn't like it, I'd kind of take a leap of faith and across the world and see what what it's all about check out the culture check out the people you know get away from the biased imagery of what media imposes and make up my own uh, opinions that's awesome that's uh, what that's all so i mean i think that the part that struck me uh, when you told us this uh, the first time was well okay so you got laid off and a lot of people that happens to them and it becomes oh shit what was me uh, life is terrible and then you went ahead and you said nope i'm just gonna make something out of this you, you know life gives you lemons you make a you make a vodka lemonade yeah it was, <laughs> it was pretty much a 24-hour decision i'm pretty spontaneous wow, wow so that's i kind of yeah i kind of just decided that you know what fuck it let's let's do you this you immediately booked a ticket yeah i i but paid for the course to learn uh, how to teach english as a foreign language booked a ticket and i was out of there Hey, hey, on a new adventure. Hey, Kai. So, so what? So, what is that program? What What's the process to become an uh, English teacher? And how, what's the process that you that it takes to get to into one of those programs? Um, so, pretty much, you fill out an application online, put it down a deposit, and you're in. I mean, they don't really have uh, too much of a selection process as long as you're a native English speaker, um, and you can write well, then you're pretty much in. It's uh, The program is Teaching English as a Foreign Language, TEFL, um, where rather than a translatory-based teaching process, it's more phonetics, more hand gestures, uh, repetition. Huh. So it's more nat- It sounds kind of like it's the way you learned your first language. Yes. Right? Um, definitely is 100% that way. Um, you know, when you go around the st- streets of, you know, other countries that you can't speak the language, you use your hands a lot. You find that you use your hands a lot without even realizing it. And when you go to teach English, you know, it's kind of 
in my opinion, one of the stronger points of getting across what your message is. Um, because people are visual creatures, in my opinion. So right. when they're able to see what you're trying to relay, they can kind of put one and one, and one together, two and two together. And yeah. Well, and it's also, you think about <clears throat> when you were growing up, um, you, you, you learn English. You didn't know one was telling you from from goo goo gaga. Uh, what does goo goo gaga mean? That means the word apple. No right. one was telling a translation for you. You just had to learn what apple someone showed you, and they said, this is apple. And over time, you learn the words, learn the syntax, learn the grammar. Um, yeah, so, grammar's, a, grammar's a big part of it. Yeah. You would, you would never, you know, being an American and the way that we're taught English, we kind of just graze over the subject. We go to the bare minimum. I took a, a four-week course where it was six hours a day of learning grammar, phonetics, I mean, things that you would never, ever want to know, like what the difference between an auxiliary verb and a phrasal verb is. <laughs> You were learning, like, the detail <laughs> oh. like, of English and all yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I never knew what a gerund was until I took this course. I oh, used really? to know. I forgot. It's a, it's a verb acting as a noun with an ing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, like I, walking. I, yeah, walking yeah. the earth podcast. I, I, could, I could teach. Although, is that an a enti- verb? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I would say... If I am walking the earth, is that is the walking is the wa- that, walking, walking is still a verb in that? It's still a verb in that one. Yeah, you're. Right. I am walk. Am walking mm-hmm. is the verb. But huh. if I were to say walking the earth is fun, now it's a gerund. No, I should know. I should probably. There's an action. I was thinking I should probably uh, take a class because I did horribly in English in one of the SATs, and I didn't even have to take English in college because I did engineering, and at my school, they said, oh. Oh, as long as you can write, you know, you don't need English. Who needs English? Just know how to do math well. I, I wish I did. I never did English in college. Never, really. I, I took a, I took graphic design. It it wasn't uh, really something that was needed. I mean, I'm more of a visual, creative person, and English was just not my forte. And, you know, one thing led to another, and I found myself taking English classes to teach English classes. <laughs> i tell you what, I never believed that... I would well, never have believed I'd be doing that now. It's funny, this kind of relates to things we were talking about on the last episode, uh, where our guest, Ben, was talking about teaching as well, but he's teaching people how to teach with creativity. Right. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's teaching in not the traditional ways of rote memorization, but it's teaching, it's very similar, it sounds, to what you're doing. Which is teaching with, um, you know, with the visual things. Yeah, to tap into their visual connections, their creative nature. Right. Yeah, well, and that's that's interesting. Hey, Kai, where did you, so where did you wind up teaching? Where did the program take you? Um, I took the course in Barcelona, Spain. Oh, cool. Um, so I Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. <laughs> How long were you in Barcelona? I was there for seven weeks. I took a month-long course for the TEFL, um, where it's pretty much six hours of class, then uh, about six hours of planning and teaching. Um, they, you know, the first day of the course, you're teaching. Yeah. They, oh, wow. They, they put you right in the mix. I mean... So are you paying or getting paid? I, I paid for the program, and then I started getting paid throughout because they okay. started noticing my value started noticing that I had a, a good teaching skill yeah and then I would they would uh, throw me a cut because they were a oh. 
they were a training school. Yeah. But they would have students to be the like yeah. part of the training program that would pay for the program. Huh. So then after a couple of weeks they would start, you know, throwing people money if they were good enough. That that's awesome. So yeah, so you're paying to be in the program and you had to, you had to kinda of go on a leap of faith, like, all right, this is gonna work. Yeah, out. I mean it hey. was it was a little pricey. Um I yeah. didn't know what to think about it at first, but now I'm... And you were just going off of savings you had? Yeah. And, yeah. Pretty much savings from uh, my past past work, and I kind of just figured, hey, I can put this money down now, and I kind of did the math, and if I teach for X amount of time, I'll make this money back, and, you know, I'll be back at square one, and I'll have an amazing experience to look back on. Wow. That's... That's awesome. So, and then over time, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead, man. Um, so, so the the teaching experience is it is that what's taking you to all these different places to like Thailand and where wherever else you've been, like, um, or is it or is that a side part, a sidebar it's, to it, what you do? It's a it, it's a mixture of my nomadic spirit, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I wanted an excuse to see the world. Nice. And I wanted in a way that I could pay for it while doing so. Mm-hmm. So I figured the best approach to doing so would be to teach English. I have a cousin who's been here in Chiang Mai for three years now uh, teaching English. And for the past three years, she's always saying, hey, you should come out here. You should check it out. I think you'd really like it. And you make pretty good money doing it also uh yeah you can like I particularly relevant like relative to where we are oh i mean you're still making a salary it's you know people make in the u.s my uh, cousin my cousin was saying that she makes uh a thousand dollars a month and she only spends about 400 yeah so uh, you, you know a thousand bucks a month huh. it relative to here and you, so in the, someone in the u.s is gonna say oh that, oh my god how are you getting by on a thousand dollars a month right oh, uh, that's a so, that's my rent costs <laughs> but you know here you have a thousand bucks a month you're set. Yeah. You know? Well, I was planning on doing uh, Thailand six months to a year mm-hmm. um, to have some work experience in the field, and then go to South Korea because in South Korea you can make upwards to a hundred grand in a year. Whoa! Just just teaching English, U.S. Holy crap! Wow. So there, you're in South, living in South Korea, and you're making six figure U.S. dollars salary. Yes. And what you're spending is uh, well, what, get this. This is the kicker. <laughs> Uh, countries like China and South Korea, Hong Kong, they will pay for your flight there and back. Oh, my God. They will pay for your insurance. They will pay for your medical. They Whoa. will pay for your apartment. They will give you an allowance on, on top of giving you a salary. On top of this six yeah, So they'll, they'll give you spending money. So it's, it's, it's pretty much you're living for free and you're saving thousands of dollars. That's Holy insane. crap. I mean, why, why wouldn't... You want to do that? I've, I mean, being being in my early twenties, you know, recent college graduate a couple of years ago. I mean, you know, work opportunities in the states aren't aren't what they were for you know our parents. So you got to kind of just go with the flow and wow. figure something new out. That is actually mind. I, I knew that you know you could teach English and make a, a <laughs> decent living. I didn't know it was that decent yeah. and that what, incredible. Well, what is this program? Yeah, actually? you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell. <laughs> I, to, I mean, you don't have to, to tell us a specific program. one, but you can tell us. Like, <laughs> do you have any examples of programs where we can, you know, our listeners can t- check this out? You know, and where I would. Uh, 
The course that I took was TEFL International Barcelona. You look that up online and you'll see the whole course right up there. It's a great group of people. Uh, Lisa Gerling's the course director, Jamie Jane, they're both uh, great instructors. It's a great little community right there. Um, they honestly take you from being this mush into a molded English teacher. I mean, that's, I would. That's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're but, like they're artistically uh, molding. Well, you. well, they are because you go. You have to teach a certain amount of classes that you're being watched, right? So they give you constructive criticism throughout the entire program. Yeah. So then you start learning what your own weaknesses are, what your strengths are, what you can, you know, improve. Which are often the same. Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the strength your strength is also your greatest weakness a lot of the time. <laughs> I, I, I could agree with that in s- certain scenarios. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then they like so eventually they said, oh, this this kid's got it. Uh, let's let's bring them on and pay. Well, they did that to to a few. Um, yeah. And the, the way I made the most money out of it was that they had students that would pay. You know, I think it was like twenty euros for the month to to get these English classes. Um, but they that was their they got twenty euros. Their wholesaler was twenty euros for the month for the month. Oh man! So that's there. You that's well. They they're they're the guinea pigs. Okay. The students are the guinea pigs because they're being taught by. The, the trainees, people okay. like myself, they're learning to teach. So they're not necessarily getting... So you have students and then trainees and then the teachers? Is yes. different levels? Okay. okay. So you kind of move up the levels as you progress. Well, the, the students would be the ones that are learning English. Okay. And then the trainees would be people like myself that pay to take the course. Okay. To Top learn how you. to be a teacher. So I'm thinking the students of the teaching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. So you got the students you're teaching. Mm-hmm. The trainees, they're like the... And also students in their own way. And, uh, you, you know, you can just go up to these guys and the students and be like, hey, you want English lessons one-on-one? And they, they eat it up. They, they yeah. really, these people are there to learn English. And right. you're helping them, you know? Just you by know? talking to them. And I'm helping them. myself as Just well. by talking to them. Of course, so that's beautiful. Teaching them. It, it really is just a conversation. I mean, you know, some people like to, you know, write out these whole lesson plans and put it all down. Um, I think when it's a one-on-one situation, it's more of a fluid conversation. You find out what their interests are, what they need help in with their speaking, with their writing. You know, just figure out what they want to learn because in reality, uh, people don't want to learn what they don't want to learn. Right. And they're not going to put in the effort. And who wants to waste time on somebody who's not going to put in the effort to go along with what you're teaching. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, if Otherwise, it's just a waste of time for everybody. Learning at its best is when a person doesn't know that they're learning. Exactly. You know, and it's like we talked about last time also where it's kind of, you're just having fun and you don't even realize it, but you just learned a new skill. Exactly. Uh, you're just doing things that you are interested in and you're having fun and the next thing you know, Oh. Right, you, I'm learning right now how to do a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and it never it never seems like work. It's unless we're sitting here, we're having conversations, shooting the shit. Right, yeah. and next thing you know, each episode, it's like, oh, we're learning a little bit more of what we need to do as podcast hosts. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite uh, quotes is very very uh, uh, technical. You know, every all the great scholars have watched this film. Uh, road trip, <laughs> where he teaches them about he, <laughs> oh, about history. <laughs> he teaches them about history by relating it to wrestling, like WWE wrestling, and it like I, the same type of concept. Um, 
But Kai, I wanted to ask you um, the second. Wait, go, go go deeper into that metaphor. I don't. I didn't. I missed something there. So how does it? I don't remember the scene. You don't remember the scene? Okay. Uh, Towards, no, the end, no. towards the end of the movie, after they go all the way down to see the guy's girlfriend, and I'm spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil the movie. Hey, if you haven't seen it, you're alert for it's about trip. 20 years old, so screw you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he drives all the way down on the sh- on the short bus with his friends. He meets, he sees his girlfriend, realizes he's not into her. He's into this other girl. Then they drive back, and he has to he has to hit you know oh, yeah, go to this test in order to you know stay in school it's like a very important test or something like that and he didn't have time to study so the, on the way back his friend says hey you can teach a you can teach an ape anything as long you just have to know how to relate to them and he talks about wrestling and uses wrestling um as like uh as a way to relate to history he, he was talking about you know rumble royals and things like that as to like all Genghis Khan and all these wars and things like that. <laughs> but that that's too much about this movie. This is about Kai. So Kai, I wanted to know um you mentioned the South Korea thing. Now that piqued my interest. Where where did you hear like $100,000 like six figures is a that's a shitload of money to earn in some other country or any country. Uh what where where did you get that information from and and was that from the grapevine or did you like find any statistics or how how did you hear about that uh, mainly Korea? through word of mouth um but there are websites where you can find jobs overseas um that will put job postings up from schools that are looking for native english teachers usually for that um that level of pay you're going to have you know, somebody who maybe have majored in English or somebody who's had, you know, two, three, four years teaching experience. I mean, someone like myself who would be going there for, you know, a year, I probably would make more along the lines of, like, 40. But that's that's still a, a yeah. good number. It's a good number, especially when your housing's paid for and you're uh, getting spending money on top of that. So you're getting more than that because they give you spending money also. They're paying for ev- this. All just going to the bank, yeah. and the cost of living is so much different there, also. So you're making, you are making bank. Like it, we, yeah. just, I don't know what the cost of living is in South Korea. Neither do I. But I mean, I know in this region of the world, generally, like you were saying, you make a thousand bucks a month, and you're getting by pretty well. Yeah. So if you're banking forty thousand, and you're not even paying for your housing, um, or the other, or your flight, or all these other things that you listed, you are. Very much in the money. Yeah, those those are all conditional, though, to the contract that you make. Uh, the longer you stay, the more willing they are to pay for all of those things. Yeah, yeah. So, right. I mean, if I were to go there, I'd be staying for a year at least. Right. Uh, so you can get a good contract for yourself. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's all about, yeah. right? <laughs> we're all trying to make a name and um, yeah. lay our mark down somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so you're doing the – sorry, go ahead, Cassidy. No, if you got something, go for it. I was just thinking, um, you mentioned, so you're doing right now the teaching, and that's going to be the main mechanism it looks like for bringing in income mm-hmm. for the time being, but you're also a graphic designer, and that's how we started talking in the first place. Yes. Um, is, is that something that you're doing on the side right now, or what's going um, Well, graphic design to me, it's fun. Yeah. I would be doing it if I didn't get paid doing it. Right, yeah. Um, that's just my passion. My mother's an artist, my father's an artist, and it kind of rubbed off on me. Yeah. Um, I decided that I wanted to study it in school a bit, did that, um, and 
you know, I'm kind of mainly self-taught, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ultimate goal, I'd like to be in advertising. I'd like to be a creative director. Um, nice. But, yeah. you know, that's... I, I, look at, I look at the world as you stay in one place and it's like only reading one page of a book. <laughs> you know, if you don't... You know, that's only part of the story. You don't, you don't know what the ending is. You don't know what the middle is. You only know just a fraction, maybe a paragraph, maybe a sentence. That's awesome. So the more you travel, the more inspiration that you can bring into your life for, you know, creativity. I feel that travel is directly in tune with your creative nature. You're opening up your mind to new culture, new art, new experiences that you would never, never do when sitting on the couch in front of your TV yeah, computer back home. I couldn't agree with that yeah. anymore. Um, you know, I, and for me personally, I, I think I've, I've talked about this at some points where my creativity has been unlocked on some next level since traveling. And it makes sense if you think about it. Because what is creativity? Creativity is, or innovation, is you take two old concepts and you make a new concept. Um, so if you are sitting around the same place with the same people all the time, where's your, you need an external creative input, external thing that give you that kick. And so you're traveling, all of a sudden, well, there's people, different languages, different cultures, all around the world. Some new idea comes in your brain, and you merge that with something else you already know. Boom. New creative idea. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that creativity is the creation of something that has never been around before. Yeah. Yeah. It's just creating something out of thin air, and boom, there it out is. Out of the ether. You kind of just grab yeah. it out of yeah. there. That's and, yeah, like you're saying, travel's the way to, like... No, I mean, unlock that a lot of it's a good way to unlock that. I, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, the more experiences you have, the more you're able to draw from. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Kai, what what has been? You know, you've been on the road for for three months. I, I think you said. Um, yes. Has Has there been any? Has there been any? I don't know occurrences or places that have really been expert exceptionally inspirational to you so far or or any anything loved, that really sparks yeah go ahead i i loved barcelona um gaudi architecture is yeah fucking awesome they have that one thing that's been being built for what 700 years uh la sagrada yeah the, yeah yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the church yeah, yeah, yeah la sagrada familia a 700 year architecture ex- uh yeah. project they're, they're always always renovating still it, being built pieces. yeah it's it's just amazing. I mean, I don't know if this guy was tripping on acid or shrooms or Probably. something, but <laughs> he he took it to a whole nother level, man. I mean, he, he he can he turned buildings into artwork, which you don't really can you, see. Can you go uh, can you go further and explain? Because I'm not really familiar with Gaudi. Can you do you know a little bit about? Um, they well, can explain Gaudi, it for the Gaudi uses a. Yes, Gaudi uses a lot of uh, curved lines. He tends to not use any straight lines. Um, the places that I've visited, there's never like a, a central theme. Everything's different. He uses a lot of mosaics, uh, a lot of stained glass, and he tries to create an aura of, in my opinion, like magic. I mean, it's like it is magic, <laughs> outerworldly. Um, you know, his Casa Botlo. When you uh, grab these ideas out of the ether, like you were talking about, yeah. that is magic in a way, isn't it? It is. I mean, <laughs> he he just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I, I'm not an architect, but 
after seeing some of that stuff, it made me think, oh, <laughs> I'd like to do architecture. Like, maybe form a, make a house, my, like, you know, drop a house for myself one day and ha- have uh, some Gaudi-inspired uh, pieces to it. Yeah, it's some really interesting stuff. I, I only spent about three days in Barcelona. This was several years ago with my first backpacking experience. Um, you know, this was when I was still working on a, a job, and uh, and so I, for me, it was just you know, two, it was two week vacation as opposed to a extended travel. Yeah. But it was just a crucial experience for me because that was the trip where my eyes were opened for the first time and meeting people that were doing the extended travel and thought to myself, ah, oh, that'll be me someday. Um, and yeah, Barcelona was the last stop of that trip. Uh, only got a small taste of it. Because obviously three days isn't enough to no. really get immersed in a, in a place. I don't think. I think the best way to immerse yourself in a in a city is to live there at least a month. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't even know if that's long enough. Yeah. Because um, I was only there for about six and a half, seven weeks, and there's still so much that I didn't explore, didn't see yeah. that I still want to. And it's like every day you learn more things that are hidden there that you didn't know about. The best part about Barcelona, though, was the amount of street art that you would find. Yeah. I remember the people that were dressed like, um, there's this one street where people were in costumes and they were posing. And uh, Is that still there? Oh, um. I just remember this guy dressed like the Invisible Man. Uh, it was a really cool costume because he had his, well, his head was inside of the body, so it looked mm-hmm. like he had no face. And <laughs> uh, there's a whole, it was like Alien. I don't remember the name of the street, but it was this, you walk down the street, there's a you can pose. They were, you know, working for tips. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You'll love this city, man. You just got to Chiang Mai. Yeah, today, this, this morning. This is such an artistic city. Everywhere you go, there's music. You walk down these amazing, beautiful art galleries. Um, the, mar- the night markets, I, I can't help. I, I'm trying to not spend a lot of money because I'm trying to, you know, stretch my dollars yeah, to make, make this trip last as long as I can. But as I was walking down the street in the night market in Chiang Mai, I couldn't help but keep buying things just because I wanted to support the art. Uh, I got this wallet that's got Jimi Hendrix painted on it, and these little faces that you can like, these little guys. I can't describe it, but you can make faces with them. And I was just, and a lot of these things I'm gonna maybe give away as gifts also, because I don't want to accumulate possessions. Yeah, so, and you're gonna give inspiration to others yeah, for uh, you yeah. know, little concepts that they might want to come up with. Exactly, and I just keep seeing these little things in Chiang Mai that are just cool, and I was like, all right, I need that, and uh, and I'll play with it for a little bit, and then help other people get inspiration. Like, hey, have this. Um, when reading about Chiang Mai and, you know, from people that I spoke to, I, what really drew me to the area was the hippie culture, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the art, the culture of just music everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, some people hear hippie and they have this, this image and they're like, oh, well, it's just a bunch of people. Yeah, they think of nothing. the 70s people yeah. sitting around in a circle, clapping yeah. their hands, yeah. smoking weed. Just and some of that, you know, to some extent, there is some of that's true. It's, there's some amount, some element in the hippie culture today, yeah. the smoking weed hanging out. But I think the core of it is um, the living, you know, the creative energy mm-hmm. and the living. So the hippies of that, you know, that I relate to, that I meet today, whether you want to call them hippies or not, the label isn't important. It's, but the culture is all kinds of artists, basically. People that are doing their thing. So whether it's, you know, I'm doing a podcast, or I'm doing music, or it's uh, drawing, or painting, or uh, doing graphic design. It's people that are using their creative energy, being inspired by other people's, hmm. and then just living their day-to-day life, enjoying it. And, I don't know, my print dream now is... I want to get to a, a point where I'm trying all these artistic things, 
and I'd like to make a, make a living just sort of uh, just make, my, make my way in life doing artistic things and uh, you know the things I like are not expensive so if I can just make them I don't want to be famous uh, or need a fortune but if I have enough money to make a, just enough money to make a modest living then I feel like I've won I think the the best or the only way that one can win in this silly game we call life <laughs> is to just be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've worked jobs that I thought would have been, you know, the best just because they make me money, um, just because they put me in a situation where I I can be a part of like the Hollywood scene, whatever. But that doesn't. That doesn't amount to anything if you're at the end of the day, like hating what you're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you have to hit take the nail on the head there. Life short, you you have to take it for what it is and take advantage of every opportunity. I mean, Kai. just sitting back. Yeah, go on. Go, go ahead. I want to hear what no, you what were you were thinking. I I just wanted to hear you, you know you're talking about your. You know, like, liking life, etc. And I, but prior prior to the podcast, we were talking about you know your previous job and that you really enjoyed doing it, um, working out in LA. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And, yes. Uh, and um, you say you said you really enjoyed that that job. Now, if could you ex- tell everybody, all the listeners, what that that job was again, just for, to remind everyone and myself? <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I'll start from the beginning of that job, I guess. I had interned uh, throughout college for a talent agency, and I uh, went after college to go get the job that I thought was right there for me. never ended up happening. So while I was job interviewing, I decided to go on LinkedIn and you know look for a silly little internship so I wasn't doing nothing while I was looking for work. Um, found this job saying that they needed interns for a startup uh, electronic music company. I was like, all right, I like electronic music, let's do it. Um, ended up going there, met a great group of people. A few weeks in, they offered me a position. Um, and it was cool. I mean, there was a lot of going to events. Um, entertaining you know, the, uh, the talent. Entertaining, <laughs> um, trying to set up. Not a bad job (laughs) trying to set up accounts um but you know it kind of it fell through i mean it it was a little overzealous on my part i thought that it was more than what it was um yeah and the you know it's a startup so we all have these these dreams of making it big doing what we love um but you know it doesn't always turn out that way um, they couldn't mm. afford to pay me anymore, and I needed to make money, so I, I left. Yeah. I, uh, I would say though, uh, I mean, sounds like you still learned a tremendous amount from the experience. I mean, every experience you learn from. Exactly. I mean, there's no experience in life that you're not gonna come away from it learning something about yourself, learning something about someone else, or learning something about that specific subject. Exactly, and. In a strange roundabout way, this was almost, you could say, a blessing in disguise. Because where you are now. I 100% would say that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's like, when I hear this story, I'm like, well, those are, that's the takeaways. Uh, someone told me some, a few weeks ago a nice phrase that she used, which was, 
everything happens for a good reason. And I think if you believe that's true, you can make it into reality. Uh, but you know what? I know you have to get... Um, I can do I can do 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes? Okay. Well, we, okay. we have like some wrap-up kind of things that we do, so it'll probably get us there. Um, but yeah, everything happens for a good reason. So if you... I, like, I guess what I was getting at there was if... I believe in mentally, if you, no matter what things happen to you in your life, if you're have the attitude of, well, we can make a good reason out of this. Um, yeah, you know, you can I, make it. So, it's all about the outlook that you have on life. If you're gonna go into a situation with negative thoughts, it's gonna be a negative experience. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's something that I've been learning myself and trying to, you know, teach myself is that. You know, you can, yeah. I'll give an example. The other day in Chiang Mai, I was hanging out with a bunch of people in a hostel, and we all hang out for a few hours at the dinner together. Uh, and then we kind of go out and about. Um, on to, well, we were going to go out and about to the town. And then I said, hey, guys, hold on one second. got to drop off my laptop. Went a half block away, put my laptop, and I come back, and everyone's gone. And I was so pissed off. Like, oh, you guys ditched me. And I was just so angry for it. And then, and then I stepped back, and I was like, okay, hold on a second. Let me observe myself. Uh, the feeling I'm feeling right now is anger. Uh, let me observe that feeling. And, and this is some of the good things I got out of the, this meditation course that I uh, did recently. And it was like, it's okay to have anger. You can't just acknowledge that it's there. So I said, okay, I'm feeling angry. Here's the reasons why. And in acknowledging it, I slowly, slowly was able to make it not affect me. And then I said, well, now I have a choice. I can either spend my night being pissed off, or I can just go and say, well, this is where tonight's journey is taking me. And so, went off alone. Next thing I know, there's I run into this amazing art gallery, and I hear this incredible... I watch this, this guy... Uh, he plays music, and he runs a bar where he plays music, and he's incredible. And I saw this most amazing uh, performance, met some other travelers, and ended up having a spectacular night. Um, and it was just like, for me, it was like that, you know, I finally, I was happy for myself versus where I had previously been, where I, a previous version of me would have said, been pissed off all night and let it take me down. And I'm happy that I've, I, I was able to there and say, no, tonight's going to be a good night. I don't care what happened. Here's where I am now. Let's do it. Life works in mysterious ways, man. Yeah. Honestly, though, like, you get put in situations where you have to, you know, come up with your own, you know, ambitions. I mean, I came to Europe and to Asia alone, traveled alone. Yeah. I didn't expect to know anyone, didn't care to know anyone. (laughs) But then, like, as you go along, it's like, you know, I used to think of myself as an independent person, you know, always solo, lived alone forever. And then I started realizing on this trip that we're social creatures. Yeah. We're we're meant to interact with people. We're meant to, you know, be around and, you know, share our experiences because we we get energy from that. Yeah. And when you're traveling alone, you're never really alone. You're You're just forced to meet. New and different people and, that affect you, and you meet some awesome people along the uh, along the journey, and, to say the and, least. <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes you go on their podcasts too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what uh, someone said along my travels is we're all like minded fools. I love we're, that. We're all, we're all doing something that not many other people even think of doing because it's just too far outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, and the people that you meet on the on the road are. You know, they're the ones that are taking it to the next level. They're, they're willing to take the risk. Yeah, they're willing to take that risk, and they're willing to go on an adventure. They don't need to have an, you know, an end goal. They're just going, and 
trying to just see where the world takes him, maybe yeah. find the right place for him. You gotta take that jump without the rope yeah. to, to reach that other rock. Oh, uh, yeah. Batman. Yeah, uh, that was a Batman <laughs> reference. <laughs> Um, Ka- Kaya, so let's, I, let's wanna, wrap, Ka- I think Castle. I think we, we probably should wrap it up because um, it usually takes a couple minutes to finish yeah. out and I, w- I want him to, he's got to get to meet up with somebody yeah Ka- um, Kai to, to kind of wind things down where where what's the next step for you you're going to meet with your friend and then where are you going from there what's uh, what's your um, where are you going well I came up to Chiang Mai because my cousin she's been teaching here uh, for a little while and I'm thinking of possibly taking up her job position for the next semester so I figured check out Chiang Mai see if it's a place that I'd want to live um, I still don't know because I haven't really explored the area quite yet kind of just got from the airport to the hostel and to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to live here actually <laughs> but um, you know you can tell a lot about a place just getting off the, pl- the plane like the vibe it's true um, I knew for the second I got off the plane in Bangkok that I hated it Right. <laughs> and when I got here, I was like, oh, this this is kind of cool. So, you know, I, I see myself staying here for a little while, um, maybe going to South Korea if I, you know, can muster the courage. Uh-huh. Um, and if I make that money, go to South America, go anywhere. I mean, I plan on traveling for a long time, my friend. That's cool. That's the way. You know what? I like Chiang Mai because it's the kind of place where I walk downstairs in the hostel, I make a friend in five minutes, and he does a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you find these kind of people in Chiang Mai. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sounds sounds like a great place. I wish I could see it for, with my own two eyes. I'm sure that one day you will. You know what? I, I, think, I, think, that's, uh, I think that's true. Um, well, let's ask him our question. Sure. Um, so, Kai... Um, we're going to wrap things up in just a moment, but we wanted to ask you before you leave, uh, what, what is one thing you want to do before you die? That's a tough one, man. There's so many things, but... <sighs> Anything. It's going to Any- sound lame. Fall in love. Beautiful answer. That is a beautiful answer. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's great. Yeah. What is more important in life than love? Love, family. I mean, I think I think that's uh, what we're here for. Absolutely. Just yeah. To create those, foster those connections, and uh, find our other half, so to speak. Yeah. There is not one thing about that that's lame. I'll tell you that right now. I, that's just beautiful. And people have people. Anyone who's trained us to believe our lives that that attitude's lame. You know, screw them. <laughs> I, I agree well, no, completely. I love them also. I want them. To, I would actually not screw them. Yeah, I want them to find love. That's what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to thank you guys for coming and joining us. Um, it's it's been a real honor talking to you, Kai. Um, th- thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much for coming onto the show, Kai. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Spontaneously. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> definitely my first time for. Uh, you know, I was told that. Uh, yeah, do something that scares you every day. Otherwise, you're not living. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, Okai and Michael, thank you again. Uh, this is Justin uh, from Walking the Earth Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.